0: Good morning. As you may know, there is a census coming up in 2020, as it does every 10 years, and county supervisors have appointed a committee to make sure everyone gets counted. For Monday, March 11th, it's your Loudon Now Morning Minute. Did you know that Loudoun County has some of the lowest charitable giving rates in Virginia? It's true. I'm Amy Owen, President of the Community Foundation, inviting you to take a few minutes to learn more at FacesofLoudoun.org. Not only do we share the data, but dozens of stories that portray our neighbors in need here at home, citizens who are leaders in philanthropy, and volunteers who make a difference every day. Help make Loudoun County one of the most charitable in Virginia. Visit FacesofLoudon.org, a program of the Community Foundation for Loudon and Northern Fauquier Counties. We connect donors who care with causes that matter. Today's Morning Minute is brought to you by the Community Foundation for Loudon and Northern Fauquier Counties. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rince Green. Supervisors have appointed an 18-member committee to make sure as many people as possible are counted in the 2020 Decennial United States Census. The committee will be chaired by County Chair Phyllis Randall. The Complete Count Committee was designed according to recommendations from the Census Bureau. Its members include county employees and human services, leaders of community organizations like the YMCA, the Arc of Loudoun, and the Loudoun NAACP, and leaders from faith communities, nonprofit organizations, the Loudoun County Chamber of Commerce, the school system, the public library, and Loudoun Valley Estates. The committee will be tasked with finding hard-to-count and historically undercount populations, like minority populations, immigrants, renters, and low-income households. In part, they'll do that work by trying to make people aware of the census before it begins. Randall said the people who are most often undercounted are children under 5 years old. Of course, this couldn't come up without someone bringing up undocumented residents. This year's census has been overshadowed by attempts by the administration of President Donald J. Trump to add a question about citizenship to the census questionnaire, prompting concerns that will discourage some people from answering the census and skewing its results. The U.S. Supreme Court is currently deliberating whether to allow that question on the census. Here in Loudoun, Supervisor Ron Meyer led that charge. He theorized that because some federal resources are allocated by population as counted by the census, localities will try to attract as many undocumented undocumented immigrants as possible. He also wondered if people would think Loudon is advocating for people without legal status to be counted, which is, it must be said, historically the job of the census. The U.S. census counts all people in the country, regardless of age, immigration status, or other factors. Randall pointed out the county spends money on everyone in it, and since the census helps apportion federal funding, it benefits the county to count everyone in it. Go to loudonnow.com slash morning minute to check out the whole story. In other news, this Wednesday, Loudoun County Public Schools Department of Pupil Services will present a forum on teen trafficking. Protecting Our Youth, a conversation about teen trafficking for parents and teens will be from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. on Wednesday, March 13th at Stonebridge High School. Teens and parents are invited to learn about the dangers of teen trafficking. Traffickers are targeting young people from every socioeconomic group, race, and gender across the country, and Loudoun is no exception. The program will feature Detective Bill Wolfe and Jody O'Hearn of the Just Ask Prevention Project. Early Friday morning, federal officers arrested Brian Thomas Reynolds at his home near Leesburg after a grand jury handed up indictments on 11 counts of wire fraud related to his efforts to recruit investors for the Loudoun Tribune. Reynolds is accused of making false and fraudulent representations to investors, lenders, and potential investors and lenders about the value or even the existence of advertising contracts with the company. He's also accused of creating fake advertising contracts when no such agreements existed. He's also alleged to have made false and fraudulent representation about the company's historical advertising revenues and the amount of money he and others had invested in the company and that another person had agreed to match investments and claimed to at least one investor that the company didn't have any debt and understated how much debt it had to other investors and overstated the money the company had in its bank accounts. Prosecutors say Reynolds fraudulently raised more than half a million dollars this way at least. They also charge he lied about the number of issues distributed by the paper and falsely claimed that a prominent business person served on the company's advisory board. It was not his first brush with the law. He was previously convicted on federal wire fraud charges in 1996. Last week, he was also charged with unlawful possession of eight firearms by a convicted felon and with making false statements to the FBI. If convicted, Reynolds faces a maximum penalty of 20 years in prison for each count of wire fraud, a maximum penalty of 10 years in prison for the unlawful possession of firearms, and a maximum penalty of five years in prison for making false statements. The investigation started more than a year ago when federal agents executed a search warrant on the Tribune office in Sterling. Later, agents visited several Loudon businesses asking if they had signed contracts with the newspaper committing to purchase advertising during 2017. Several business owners interviewed by Loudon now at the time said they were shown contracts purported to have been signed by them, but said they had no knowledge of the contract and no intent to buy advertising with the Tribune. According to the indictment, Reynolds used the false contracts to support his claim to investors and potential investors that the newspaper had a million dollars or more in advertising commitments. The indictment refers to defrauded investors only by their initials, but last year, one couple filed a civil lawsuit alleging they invested $25,000 in the company and later provided an additional $25,000 loan. David and Lisa Butcher claim that Reynolds then failed to repay the loan and then altered or fabricated the loan agreement to include terms more favorable to the company. That allegation also appears in the federal indictment. The Butcher's lawsuit, which has not been served nearly a year after its filing, seeks $50,000 in damages and $100,000 in punitive damages. The Loudoun Tribune, which has continued to operate as a website, printed and mailed two issues in 2016. A third issue was printed but was not mailed because of lack of funding. According to the indictment, Reynolds touted the three issues as a proof of concept in his pitch to investors. And after 37 years of police work, seven of which he spent dedicated to Western Loudoun's communities, Deputy First Class Victor Lopretto has retired for a second time. Lopretto has worked in and around Loudoun's western towns for the past 12 years. Since 2012, he's acted as the region's community resource officer, keeping the towns up to date with news from the sheriff's office and building relationships with the residents. Now 61 years old, he retired last month and handed over that job to Deputy Ben Fornwalt. It's been a busy career for Lopretto, with multiple jobs in multiple jurisdictions over the past four decades. There's never been a time in his life when he wasn't around law enforcement. His father, grandfather, and uncle worked for the New York City Police Department. Lopretto spent some time in the Army, then in 1982 joined the up-and-coming Fairfax County Police Department. He was there in the 80s when crack cocaine made its way into the mainstream, and when he said law enforcement turned inside out. Felony arrests went from a few every year to a few a day. He was also there in 2002 when the D.C. sniper was killing people at random around the region, and law enforcement was putting in 16-hour days to stop it. In 2006, he retired from Fairfax as a second lieutenant, and two months later, he started work in Loudoun. Originally, he was planning to stay in Loudoun for five years, then retire and head to the Outer Banks with his wife, but that changed as time went on. In 2012, he was appointed the community resource officer out west, and in that time, he's done a lot of things, like organize the Love in Lovitzville parade for Tony Porta, a military veteran who lost his arm and was severely burned by an improvised explosive device in Iraq. The Lovitzville Town Council has declared March 22nd as Victor Lapreto Day in town, marking the date 37 years ago when he was first sworn in as a Fairfax County police officer. As for where he'll go next, he has no long-term plans. He'll work on his home in Leesburg and the home in the Outer Banks. He said, quote, let's just live and let live and see what happens. Get the full story on this and all these stories over at loudonnow.com. On today's Get Out Loudon Calendar, B-Cord Brewing Company near Round Hill is hosting tap talks tonight. The speaker is Dave Goodrich retired director of the Climate Observations Division for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, as well as the director of the Global Climate Observing System at the World Meteorological Organization in Geneva, Switzerland. It starts at 6 p.m. Get the details on this event and check out the rest of the event's calendar at getoutloudon.com. And if you like the Morning Minute, make sure you get counted the next time your friends ask what podcasts you listen to and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be waiting for you there every morning. Okay. Have a great day.